Um, I hope I'm saying this guy's name. He is the owner of the Lost Co. Huge uh, bike shop in, in Bellingham, I guess. We're going to get to all that. But I, I want to do a little backup here before I introduce him. I first found him on the YouTubes and thought, you know, I really loved his charisma and, and, and energy. And, and when I first started this whole mountain bike Q and a thing, um, I put him on my list because I really, I really wanted to, uh, I thought he'd be great for this. And, and I really wanted to meet him because he just, he's got that something. And, and you probably know it because you, you probably follow him. You probably see him on the YouTubes. Enough about me. Let's, let's get this guy on. Uh, Mike, there he is. Welcome to my mountain bike Q and a, thank you so much for having me. I feel very welcome and I'm really looking forward to being asked some questions and talking about bikes and stuff. Sweet. Um, is it, it's Mike, is it Randall? Correct. Yeah. Randall, just like it would be uh, pronounced if it was R A N D A L L, but it's just D O L. Okay. So I did that little tease thing earlier this week and I was like, is it, Randall is all messed up. Yep. Didn't want to mess your name up. No, you got it. Good job. There we go. Hold on. Let's go. Hold on, let me see. Okay. So as I was saying, um, I, I actually found your page when I first started doing this. When I first started watching the YouTubes uh, during the pandemic. I was dreaming of the van life. And you popped up one of your van life things. Do you, how, did you live in a van? Uh, yeah, I've lived in a, in a van for a while. I went on a good solid stint. I had two different vans and I lived in them uh, for several years, mainly a sprinter van, which is uh, what I got really popular for, which was that van tour video that you probably saw. Yeah. A lot of people found us that way and started following the shop and following following along with my little adventure here as a biker and business owner. And yeah, I lived in that thing for, you know, at least three years or so. Uh, a majority of that was outside, parked outside of our first brick and mortar bike shop location. Really? Yeah. So you, the now I, I'm going to be back. You were in Bellingham, right? Correct. Bellingham, Washington. Born and raised or... I am I'm born and raised in the Chicago area. Then I moved out here yeah. in about 2014. What brought you out there? Specifically, mountain bikes. I've been um, I've been uh, uh, riding bicycles my whole life, but a majority of that riding was little tiny uh, 20 inch BMX bikes. Like I, I grew up riding skate parks, um, so you know doing tail whips and smashing my shins and falling down and stuff like that. <laughs> But then, um, but I always, I, I always worked at bike shops as well. And I always had, I always had mountain bike videos and things like that, but you know, you don't have mountains in Chicago. So yeah. I was, um, I was looking for a change when I was about 24 and I really wanted to get into, um, mountain biking on actual mountains. And so I had a friend that moved to Bellingham and I kept seeing his images and pictures and stuff on Facebook. Then I kind of like learned what it was and then I decided to move up. So you were 24 yeah, I was 24 when I moved here. God, cause I got—I got to be honest. God bless you for the—the the, you still kept the the young look. You're not like old like me. You're. You uh, I do get that a lot. A lot of people always think I'm like that. I'm 
a lot of people think I'm 24 or 25, but I just I just turned 32 four or five days ago. So you turned what? I just turned 32 the other day. God bless your genes, man. <laughs> yeah, been... I eat a lot of broccoli. I try to keep up on the uh, the I, I try to keep the the young age look going. So we'll see how that goes. A lot of broccoli. I always say I eat a lot of brown rice and yogurt. Keeps my uh, cherub-like demeanor. What, what do you got there? Moonshine? No, there's just some just some filtered water and a nice mason jar. I don't know why <laughs> I just like these. They, they make me feel very humble. I don't like to use real cups for some reason. So. Oh, look, look. Finally, we do have somebody. It, 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 my wife says, hey, hey. Hey, Isn't hey. that nice of her? Yeah. This comment stuff will start coming, hopefully, and, and then I start going off the rails. But uh, so you moved to Bellingham, fell in love with mountain biking. What what possessed you to to again my my train? I'll I'll let you know derails constantly. Um, you start you start, Mister Lost. You had a, a van. Yeah, yeah. Or so we so we started business in 2016 as a mobile bike shop. It was called Mr. Lost's Mobile Bike Shop, and so Mr. Lost was like kind of our character that we that we had. Me and my me and my previous business partner um, started it together like that, and we would like park it at the trailhead and then fix people's broken bikes on the way, you know, on their way back to their car uh, that they broke on the hill previous to that. And then also a lot of people would just end their rides and be like, "Hey, I'll just leave my bike with you here. You can you know service my suspension and and whatever else." And then I'll just come pick it up the next time I ride. So it was really convenient for people. And we gained a bit of a following around town for that. And so, yeah, but then that kind of grew and it became, uh, it, it's funny when you come up with this, this grand business idea that you think is going to work. And then all of a sudden you like, think you're so smart for thinking of it. How has no one else done this? Yeah. And then a year later you're like, oh yeah, that's why no one else has done it because you can't really scale it at all. And you just run out of space and it just doesn't work and it's cumbersome and, uh, so we ended up getting a brick and mortar store in around 2016 and, uh, and, and no more mobile bike shop after that. Then we renamed as the lost co. So, wow. Like I, I still think the idea of a mobile bike repair, I mean, were you getting some good business then? Cause like that, I would think that would be great at every bike park or, or trail. Yeah. We were getting a lot of business and we, we met a lot of customers However, once you get to a certain point, you know, if you go into a bike shop, generally speaking, there's like three to eight mechanics, right? So, but when you're at a mobile, in a mobile bike shop, there's only one person. You can't fit like two people. You can't even have, you don't even have enough space to have one person help with yeah. retail sales and sell grips to people while the other person works on a bike. It's just, there's no space. Um, so then you start to like spread out and then all of a sudden, uh, you are setting things up outside and inside. And then before you know it, it takes an hour and a half to set up in the morning, an hour and a half to set up at night. And then also um, you got to drive home. And then most of the day goes to driving to the location oh, and then setting up. It just turned into really long days. And I, uh, and we just, it, it wasn't as easy as driving to your shop, opening the door, turning the lights on, making coffee and getting to work. So um, not to say that it wasn't worth it. It was just, it, it just didn't make sense in a business sense. So now you, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who came up with this idea, um, where do you come from a background of, of, of entrepreneurs or that, that kind of mindset of working for yourself or. Yeah. Um, I think, so my dad was traditionally in sales and he also worked from home way before it was cool. 
my dad just kind of like worked at home for a long time. So I would just listen, you know, during, during spring break and summer vacation, you know, my dad would be working in the other room and I can, I can hear my dad um, doing, you know, sales calls. Uh, he worked for like security guard sales and would, uh, and would sell security guards to large yards and things like that. So I would just listen to my dad, the tone of voice and the verbiage that he uses and the way that he promotes question asking and, and, and closes sales and things like that, you know, I would listen to that. So I, I, I naturally tend to gravitate towards more of a sales personality. And, um, and, and, and that has helped with the, a lot of the video stuff because part of, you know, being an entrepreneur is selling yourself. And so I kind of grew off of that. And then when I was like 16 or 17, I would buy, uh, I would buy like broken iPods when iPods first became cool. And then we would, I'd buy like five or six of these things, me and my friends. And then we would like Frankenstein them together and sell them on Craigslist and on eBay when eBay was huge. And really? so, and then we would like go to, go to like swap marks and buy like Nintendo games and sell them. So it got me kind of going. It got me in the mindset of, of what it's like to work for yourself. And I really, I really liked it from there. So, so you got bit by the mountain biking bug, obviously to be able to want to move to Bellingham from Chicago, Chicago, right? Correct. Okay. I didn't forget. Um, how long from when you moved till you started Mr. Lost's bike shop? I mean, was this like a, like I, I need to make money in order to ride and pay the bills. And was this instant or were you washing dishes or working for some tech company or? No. So I, um, well, I've been in the bike industry pretty much, you know, my whole life since I was like 15. And so I knew the business really well. And I knew at some point I would start a shop. I don't know why I just always felt like I would start a shop. And so I moved here and it was fall. No one was hiring. It's like the slow season and at, at bike shops. So I actually, I am also into cars and I actually got a job at a Subaru dealership and I was doing auto sales for a bit, just, just to pay the bills while I was waiting for the shop that I wanted to work at to hire again. So they hired me though in spring. And then, uh, yeah, I just made a lot of connections in town and I made a lot of new friends and, really got the lay of the land. Then the, you know, the people at that shop that I worked with are going to be lifelong friends. So I, you know, I, I'm, I couldn't yeah. be more appreciative of that. They, they really showed me all the trails and just, uh, it just kind of like opened up this whole new door to this new place that I lived at. And that was great. And so, yeah, then I, I actually met my, uh, my initial um, business partner at that shop. And then we, we both kind of have, uh, I guess the kids call it crackhead energy. Uh, maybe you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, we, we were like, Hey, let's, let's try to do this ourselves. We could, you know, hopefully make more money than we're making now and see where it goes. And then we just kind of started it from there. Now, did he bail before the lost co? Um, so it yeah. was a, she, her name was Callie and she, okay. um, me and her oh. were, were partners and, um, and started the shop. And then, uh, unfortunately things just didn't work out as the years went on and we decided to actually part ways not only uh, um, in, a, in a partner sense, but also as a business partner sense. And so uh, I bought her out in about 2018 and um, she was, she was, she was there through the lost co, but um, that was a couple years before we moved into our new shop and all that stuff. How, how, cause I, I was watching the video, you signing your first brick and mortar and, mm -hmm. and it was the, I guess you had the address was like, do I put my tag, <laughs> my, my license plate number or how, how, how crazy was that to, to be able to go from the thought of something and then it having come to fruition? 
Um, was it exciting? I mean, you probably were excited, a little scared. Honestly, it was. I'm not. I'm not like a gigantic risk taker. Crackhead energy. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not a gigantic risk taker. Um, so it was definitely scary, especially like that commitment. And I'm just. I don't come from a huge business background, uh-huh. and so it was. It was definitely a whole new experience. But honestly, looking back, as you were asking me that question, I was like, how do I an- answer this? Because it was kind of, everything was moving so fast. It was just kind of a blur. And uh, and I didn't really know what was going on at the time. I kind of I kind of just blacked out, I honestly think. so. But that had to have been like, this is happening. I'm signing the, the paperwork. My dream is coming yeah. true. Pretty much, yeah. As... As much as it seems like it, if you were a writer writing a book about this this boy who opened a bike shop, you would, think <laughs> you would have this like whole chapter on the emotions that opened up from this individual's personality and inner realm on how they felt about this. But honestly, I was just like, well, we need a shop. Uh, let's just go sign a lease. I guess we have to do this. I'm kind of scared, but uh, let's just do it. And then like the next day, you know, just go to the, the hardware store and just buy tons of wood and nails and screws and glue and just start doing it honestly like i said uh the, the energy just kind of took over and i just kind of blacked out so uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, and just uh, kind of faint and yeah you're like this i i want to do this but i don't know mr adam mock so cool to see mike from the lost co learned a lot about the grip too from his videos i'm sure a lot of people have learned a lot from your videos um and we'll get to those videos but I, I'm still fascinated by anybody who just takes the risk and takes the leap of of starting their 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 own company, their own thing, you know. And I heard this quote just recently: "When's the best time to 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 plant a tree?" Uh, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. And and you did it. You 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 went and and did it. And and that's fascinating to me. Um, did you have a, you had a plan and did you have like the product and, and all that stuff you knew, or were you just a, a fix it bike shop at first? Um, when we were a mobile bike shop, really all we were doing was service. I mean, it was 95% service. Um, but when we moved to brick and mortar, okay. So here, so right now we're, we're primarily an online bike shop. It's kind of funny how the tables have turned We yeah. have 90% service, a little tiny mobile bike shop. Now these days. You know, we have a, a large uh, shop and we have uh, 90% of our businesses online. So it's my how the tables have turned, really. So yeah. um, what happened is that the first winter that after we made the mobile bike shop, it was it was really slow. We had generally speaking in Bellingham, you can almost ride like year round. Uh, really? It doesn't really snow because we're, we're, we're right at sea level down here. So it doesn't really see snow until you drive up the road towards Mount Baker. However, that first year, man, it was like the worst first year for a, to open a bike shop um, oh, on God. the bike mountain because it snowed in like oh. December, early December and it stuck for like three or four months, just like couldn't ride. And so I was honestly getting bored and kind of desperate and we were uh, looking for ways to create some income. And I was like, well, we have these, you know, our distributor wholesale accounts. We have lots of time. Let's see what happens if we can like try to sell bike parts online. You know, the online retail is huge. I had no idea what the heck, how the heck any of that stuff worked. So literally we just went on pink bike and we went on the pink bike buy, sell like classifies where you go and sell like your used bike. Yeah. And we would put up for sale ads for, for parts. And then 
when we would sell them, you know, we'd, we'd work out the sale with people through messages and then um, order it up, ship it to them. And that's kind of how we got started with the online aspect of it. And then, you know, little by little, we just kept learning and learning and learning. And, and here we are now. And I, you know, I'm still learning all the time. There's, it's so crazy, but that's, that's kind of, um, you know, the steps that we took to getting where we are. It's kind of weird. The growing pains of starting a new business. Uh, that first year where you like, what, what did I do? Or did you have faith in yourself and you were just very working, you know, 20 hour work days and. Yeah. I mean, it got to, there was, at first I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Why the heck would we start a website if no one knows how to find us? So I didn't know how, I didn't know how that stuff works. So I was just kind of, I was a little pessimistic about it, to be honest, looking back, I was, I, I wasn't as optimistic as I should have been, but I did feel like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'll figure it out. Things will work itself out at some point somehow. So just kind of went with the role, the, you know, kind of went with the punches and um, was waiting for spring. And then once spring hit and I realized that, that selling stuff online does work. Then I was like, oh man, well, that was like this part of the business we should definitely, you know, try to focus on. So moving forward, it was just always in the back of my mind, like, hey, let's actually like try to make a go at this whole online thing. So, but you, I've just read, you know, you just posted, um, and we'll get to that. Um, but in starting your own business, that's, that's a 24 hour 365 or seven days a week, 365. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. That's why I've never done it. Uh, did you ever find yourself a chance to ride? Were, were you trying to ride enough or, cause I know you do it. And this is why you got into it because you love to ride. Was was riding a, a a thing? Was it difficult to find time? So there's a saying in the bike industry: once you own a bike shop, you don't ride bikes. Um, and so for the first like two years, I I took that um, uh, to Adam answer Adam's question. Sorry, I get uh, uh, derailed as well. Sorry. Yes, it is a, a compass as we're lost. So it's like supposed to point point you back to be found or whatever, yes. something like that. Um, I'm new to, sorry, I'm new to this whole live thing. So I just start popping things up and oh, gotcha. I, I derail and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, back to the question. Yeah. So I, I took that, I took that saying pretty personally the first two years. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going to let that happen to me. And so I would like, I, I would, I would ride at any point at any given time. I would, you know, I'd literally, I would shut down the shop sometimes for an hour or two. Uh, and put a sign up that says that said gone riding because it was at the bottom of the mountain bike trail. So I would just yeah. kind of ride up and that, that would be my lunch break. And so I would go and ride. And then I had, you know, seasons passes to Whistler for for several years. And I would go there literally, you know, uh, the, we were closed two, three days a week and I would be there three days a week in my van, you know, sleep in the parking lot for 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 like two years and just doing bike park laps. And so um, I was riding a, a ton, a ton. Um so yeah, but but I, I realized after a while that was kind of like this little personal vendetta that I had just <laughs> that saying. And I was like, like, I'm not gonna let this happen. You don't have to push yourself that hard to ride. Like just ride for fun and, and do it because you want to. So started slowing that down a little bit. But uh, but yeah, or you know, I would say I would probably ride more if I didn't own a bike shop, just for the fact that um, I'm around bikes all the time. And yeah. so uh, you know, it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand here and say like. Oh yeah, there, if you just you know, 
if you're positive enough, your, you know, your job or your hobby won't become your job, but it definitely does. You know, I ride bikes and I'm thinking about yeah. when I'm riding, I'm thinking about like, Oh yeah. How does this damper feel? How would this, you know, how could I explain to people online how this damper would feel? How do I explain to people um, the, the pros and cons of this? Like, what if I don't like this? How do I tell people that I don't like it? You know? Um, so it, 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 it's, it's a little bit different these days. And so, um, so that's why, uh, you know, in that last video, you probably saw, I kind of explained that, which we can talk about more later, but yeah, yeah I, I still ride, you know, uh, quite a bit. Um, but it's, it's purely, purely for fun when I, when I have the chance. So. Yeah. You're not, you don't feel like you have to have a, a GoPro on every time now. Yeah. Um, wh where are you look? Not like your address. We can, you know, I put some stuff down there if they want to buy stuff from me, but, um, did you purposely locate yourself at a trailhead or near a trailhead and, and what, where is that located? What trails are nearby you? And yeah. Um, are, do you mean in regards to our current shop right now? Yeah. Your current shop right now. Cause I have, a, I actually have a friend who his brother lives in Bellingham and, and I told him that I was going to be uh, speaking with you and he, he honestly didn't know where in Bellingham you were. So, I mean, yeah. I'm yeah, sure I don't know how big Bellingham is. So yeah, yeah, no, it's it. We it, Bellingham's pretty small, but we get that all the time. We honestly have people order from our online store a lot, and then uh, and then we and they they choose to have it shipped, and so we'll actually call them. Hey, what's up, Billy? Do you want to just uh, come and pick up your you know order at the shop? And they'll be like, <laughs> I've been watching your video for videos for five years. I had no idea you're you're here in town. So wow. Um, our location is kind of in a little bit of an industrial area. We, we're not like right on the main strip and it's kind of purposeful. We, since most of our business is online, we are kind of tucked away just so that we don't have uh, tons and tons of foot traffic so that we can focus on things like videos and things like that. And um, it, it, I think that the, the location that we're at is, is, is pretty good to promote those types of activities that we want to do. Cause um, yeah, we might not be right, right on the main strip to have, you know, a hundred people walk in a day and look at knee pads, but it, it gives us time to make videos that can help potentially hundreds of thousands of people. So, um, it's just kind of like, you know, what we enjoy doing a little bit more. And as the, as the shop gets older, you know, more and more people know where we're at. We, we have a pretty no. tight knit client base here, but we're, um, the, the mountain bike trails, uh, here, the main ones are, are on Galbraith mountain. So Galbraith okay. is uh, yeah. a huge hotspot. It's right in the middle of town and it's, it's pretty badass. It's there's tons and tons of trails. You can go up there and be a professional rider that just did a world cup the previous weekend, ride for an hour and have a blast, ride for six hours and have a blast. Or you can be literally, you just bought your first mountain bike. You have a entry level hardtail and you want to go ride some really cool stuff and, and GoPro it and show your friends and yeah. you can go up there, have a blast for an hour, go there, have a blast for six hours. It's, really really cool it's right in the center of town everything's really small here and everything is 10 minutes away from each other so you can go for a before work ride after work ride very easily yeah i've heard of Galbraith. my buddy rides a run bike mike says hey everyone hi um adam mock my boy adam favorite brand mike favorite brand of knee pads that's a tricky one pretty much everything's good these days if it was like 2012 We'd we'd have like a short list of things that work pretty well, but uh, these days most things work really well. I ride the one hundred percent surpass knee pads. It's funny we we always want to make this video that's called um, things that we love and nobody buys because there's a few things that we like 
we'll be like, oh my God, these are amazing. Let's put them in the shop. We got to sell these to people. And like, nobody will buy them. And so <laughs> but we like all ride them. So that's one of them. So I, I really like those. That, that leads me to my next question. You have a bike shop. You have a biker's dream. You have, oh, look, look, look at this pretty, pretty shock. And oh, oh that's a nice stem. And, and oh, these crips are nice. Do you have your ultimate build of a bike? Is, did you have your dream bike because of the bike shop? Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, ever since I started the shop, I've had – it's funny. I started the shop in 2016. I can't oh. do math. What is that? Seven, eight 23 years? 23 years, yeah. Neither yeah. Can I. So, <laughs> so, yeah, in that time, you would think that I would have, you know, built multiple bikes a year. But no. really, I think I've only had – three bikes i've had i i built an ns snab which was pretty cool that was like the first custom bike i built it had you know fox factory suspension and stuff um mm -hmm. and then i built a kona process 153 and that was that was rad that had like all the new access uh wireless stuff on it when it first came uh -huh. out and um and that was that was a dream build too and then now i have this da vinci spartan that i just can't seem to get rid of I just People think, think as a bike shop owner especially as a youtube personality that i'm gonna get a new bike all the time yeah and that's just not you know that's that's not true for me i kind of if i like it i'm just gonna ride it for a while honestly so um but yeah my spartan right now is definitely um pretty pretty bling bling i would say uh <laughs> however it's pretty scratched up just because it was it was a really rad build right away but i've been riding the heck out of it heck for like three years and it is just like it looks like someone took it off the top of a tree and just threw it through the, you know, the branch. <laughs> I just watched a review on that bike. It's, it, it's, it's a very quiet bike. Yeah. It just does everything really well. And it just, yeah. uh, maybe the new one's better. I don't know. I just, I don't even care because this one, it just makes me happy enough. So, but are you just like after hours just going to just take that and then. Uh, honestly, I think I probably <laughs> did for the first few years, especially because in the past, I've always worked at bike shops, but never one that like stocked suspension or like carbon wheels and stuff like that. You know, it's like a totally different, yeah. totally different vibe here. The first couple of years, I was definitely like, uh, you know, a, a kid in a candy store. Um, and now I still am, but I just don't, I'm not, I've ridden enough stuff so far, honestly, that I now know that such a big portion of the riding skill and, 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 um, and experiences within your own head and so sure you can have the nicest stuff um and get new stuff all the time but it's not going to make you necessarily a better rider or make you a happier rider just getting out and enjoy it and you know uh feel your breath when you're out in the woods and uh you know go down a trail that you enjoy and explore yeah. the terrain. that's really what it comes down to so yeah it, it, just two wheels yeah two wheels and some dirt um yeah, don't answer this. Don't ask. Don't, this is my wife again. Just we'll just ignore her. Um, she just derailed me. Um, so when you first started this bike shop, because we know now anybody who watches you, anyone who orders from you, you're gargantuan. But when you first started, was it just you behind the counter and and your business partner? Um, yeah, it was just me and my business partner for the first couple of years. We hired our first employee, I believe, in 2017 when we got our first brick and mortar store. And that was like kind of weird because I've never really managed people per se. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit in the past, but it's just different when you don't own the shop. 
And that was a learning curve for sure. They were just a mechanic. And then, then we hired like our first long-term mechanic who's Russ. He's, um, you know, basically our head mechanic here and he's in a lot of our videos and he was hired on about 2017. He's rad. And he's been here ever since he's a long-term guy here for sure. Definitely a huge knowledge base. He knows so much. If you think I know a lot about bikes, Russ literally knows a thousand times more. It's crazy. That's what you want in a mechanic. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, so that's great. And then yeah, now we're up to I think we have about ten people here in the shop. So, and it's a it's a, it's a I, it could be fake, and you could you could just tell me uh, uh, that it is, but it seems like a you have you have built a family with the Lost Co. through your videos and 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 your your Instagrams and stuff like that. It seems like a very close-knit company. Is that hard? Well, I'll let you answer that part. No, yeah, no, it's that's that's a great question. Um, yeah, yeah. Every I, I try to hire very intentionally. I you know, um there's definitely times where you know, I'm working more to fill in some gaps when we don't have a specific person for a job, just so that we can wait. Cause I to, to, just so we can wait to find someone that is hundred percent right for that position. I don't want to hire anybody just to get warm bodies in the shop. Yeah. Every once in a while, there is a position where we just need someone that isn't super experienced. And, and that's totally fine. Right. Like, everybody doesn't have to have a uh, hundred years of experience. Yeah. But um, for the most part, we do like to just because of our customer base and the specific, the very specific type of work that we do with this high end stuff, you know, people are spending a lot of money. And so I would rather have them have a good experience with someone that's going to really know exactly what to tell people and great advice and things like that, rather than the general bike shop who will just, you know, hire some young kids to come in and loop some chains and pump some tires and things like yeah. that. We just don't really do that. So we're, we're just quite different than the average bike shop. Crack me up the lubing of the chain. I just watched your latest Instagram of <laughs> a year's worth of, and I used to be like that with the, I don't know if you remember a product called GT 85. I feel like I can see the can in my head. Yeah. It's a black, red, and white with a big 85 yeah, on it. Yeah. I used to do that after every rod. It just it would clean your chain. And oh, yeah, I, I, yep. I do know it. Yeah. I could see the can in my head. I just, I just <laughs> searched it just to make sure. But oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The TikToks and stuff have been pretty fun to do. Now, the, We'll get to all of that, but there's so you're so fascinating with the the, the shop, how it's grown. Um, so you start in brick and mortar, 2016, yeah, 2017, 2016, something like that, around there. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Pandemic hit. Yeah. And and what happens? Like I know bike shops because I went to go buy a bike in the middle of it. And it, it, there was no bike. There was your $12,000 bike or your $250 bike. Uh -huh. Not even. And it was like, what happened? How did you, how were you able to cope through that? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting how things work out when people ask you questions. You're like, I, how did that work out, Johnny? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you don't know. It just did, darn it. <laughs> so, okay, so so the first thing is the the main shortage, honestly, was on was on bicycles, bikes, yeah. bikes, the whole thing with wheels, handlebars, brakes attached. Um, here at the shop, we don't really sell bikes at all. We just, I'm not kidding. I have we haven't had a full bike in stock here at the Lost Co. in probably two years, two and a half years at this point. Wow. 
Um, we we will have some frames every once in a while, but not really that many. Small quantities, no more than fifteen at a time. It's all like all of our shelves are just like forks, shocks, brakes, dropper posts, accessories, parts, things like that. Yeah. So, um, Everything to build a bike. Exactly. Yeah. All yeah. the things to upgrade your current bike. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. What what happened is uh, so we have Steve here who's like the shop manager and also does all the receiving um, and all the ordering. So he's the one that's actually you know, typing in the part numbers and ordering the quantities and things like that and forecasting. And honestly, Steve just knocked it out of the ballpark. He would place orders for the right amount of quantity well ahead so that when we knew a certain break was going to be out of stock for four months, we'd order, uh, you know, X amount of months worth of it and the wow. right amount. And we just always had the stuff. So it was, it was, it was honestly crazy. Like we would just, if we had it in stock, it would sell. And it was the same way for many other retailers. So People were not only buying bikes and getting into bikes, they were also upgrading their bikes. They had nothing to do, and they were looking for some fun, some fun stuff to do and yeah. you know, make their yeah. rides smoother and things like that. So, so that's kind of how we we stayed a, a, ahead of everything, and um, we had a lot of growth specifically from Mister and Mrs. Pandemic due <laughs> to the fact that we would have the parts in stock. That's and, amazing. Uh, and 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 the whole time, pretty much our, our website, we changed to a live inventory. It wasn't like connected to a distributor or anything. It was like literally just what was on our shelf was in stock and ready to ship. A lot of other, uh, some other retailers will rely on some um, distributor like API feeds to like connect the inventory yeah. and things like that. And it just didn't, it wasn't really working um, during that time because the inventory levels were so low. So if someone orders something and it ships out within an hour, like then they see that we actually have it and it just kind of kept rolling from there. So, so this is you had the the thought ahead of time to kind of hoard the stock if you will which hey we were doing it with toilet paper yeah um we weren't really hoarding though because it was no but you were you were thinking ahead yeah we would well we would just order the quantity that we thought that we needed for like x amount of months beforehand and then we would just sell out right away i'm not kidding we would bring in um gx access upgrade kits there's a there's a funny there's a there's a vlog that we have on our website or on our YouTube channel of me laying on a gigantic stack of these SRAM GX Access upgrade kit boxes and we would order them in quantities of 250 only 100 of them w- would be fulfilled and I'm not kidding we would sell out with them uh, sell out of them in 24 to 48 hours. So wow. Yeah and that would be generally that's like almost stock for 4 months. So it would just be like, well, I guess we just keep ordering the things in this, these amounts and and roll with it. Like, I don't really know what else there is to do. We're trying to help people by having these things in stock. So if that's what we got to do, that's what we're going to do. That's amazing. Because I was just talking to my wife about it earlier because you you you, you, you seem like you kind of did very well during the pandemic. And and I have a friend actually who owns a owned because of the pandemic, a, a biking parts website, bikesomewhere.com, but just recently within the last year closed, couldn't get his hands on the product. But I, I find that interesting that you were just like, let's just keep ordering. It's sold out. Let's keep going. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I, if we didn't have Steve, uh, if Steve's walking <laughs> right now, Steve, you're a beast. Um, if we didn't have Steve, who was just like a logistical big brain, then it would be, you know, I, I would, I would, I would not have had such a smooth or, or uh, not even smooth. I just, it, 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 we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today. We would, we would be in the old shop and probably still, uh, you know, just trickling along. But 
Steve really found out ways to or, to get the parts, and and it, he that's is, amazing, such an amazing job, and and that that goes back to your whole family thing. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a bit of a family here. I mean, we just work together really well, and 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 I, um, I. I did my best to realize what I'm not good at uh, when I, cause I, I used to do everything. I do all the ordering, receiving all the everything, everything, everything. And when I, when Steve started saying some, Hey, maybe we should do it like this instead. At first, you know, I'm, I, you know, I've been doing it so long, you know, I'm stuck in my old ways. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if that'll work. Yeah. Like, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, let's just try it. And as time went on, one thing I've learned over the years is, um, is, uh, is, is just stop what you're doing. And think for a second, am I really doing this the best that it can be done? And uh, and a lot of times the answer is is no. Boss so, isn't always right. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. Keo's Mountain Bike Adventures. Hi. Hello. Oh, who's the – oh, my wife. Evan Steve is the best. <laughs> Steve. <get it. laughs> so you start a bike shop and then you go – there's this online presence called YouTube. Mm -hmm. Did you start that right away with uh, Mr. Lost or was that, did you think ahead? Cause I'm sure this YouTube has helped you out tremendously. Yeah. YouTube has definitely been a driving force in, you know, how our brand awareness, you could say in a yeah. professional sense and how, just how people see us and, and get to know us and things like that. So uh, we had the idea to do YouTube when we first, started doing that like kind of weird online stuff where we were selling on forums. And so really? my pessimistic question that I, that I told you about was like, why would we even start a website if nobody knows our website? Like there's no, there's no point wasting our time. So we were like, well, how do we get people to our website? And then I was like, well, I guess I always watch YouTube videos of other people. So maybe we should start trying to do some YouTube stuff. And so we, we started that after we got the brick and mortar store and that's kind of where it really, uh, really kind of went from there. Honestly, we just, uh, big part of it was luck. You know, the algorithms on these things are just crazy. And for whatever reason, I guess, you know, pretty much the first video that we made did pretty well. Uh, you know, I think that right off the bat, it probably got like 20,000 views. And I was like, to me, that was like, what the heck? So I don't know what it was, what, 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 what it led to the algorithm of doing that. But I was just like, holy crap, that was crazy. Like, this is nuts. People are going to our website. Like we did it. We won a million dollars. No, but we were like, <laughs> We, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was really oh. happy with that. And so we just kind of went from there. Talking about all these views and I'm just getting jealous. <laughs> it's just, it's just love. You just start to struggle sometimes, at least for me. And the trail pimp, I like the Lost Coast shop with them all the time. Mike has taken to the next <laughs> level. Rage, That's red. Do you feel <laughs> like shopping with us. <laughs> a, a mountain bike raging, driving and listening? Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Hey, don't just listen. Don't watch while you're driving. <laughs> Kyo's mic is great in front of the camera. Yes. Yes. Leading to my next question and how I int introduced uh, Mike here is, uh, darn it, you're, you're just really natural in front of the camera. <laughs> like, do, do you have any, like, I, I personally have, um, I've been in front of the camera. I've been a reporter. I've been an interviewer, blah, 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 blah. How was it the first time you popped up behind the boxes and said, Hey, I'm Mike from the lost cow or Mr. Lost. Oh, Did man. you feel confident I, in that? I, I felt confident going into it. It, uh, it was like a, um, let's see, my confidence started way up here. 
oh yeah, we got this. We got this shit. Like, turn the camera on. Let's record some videos. Like, we're going to kill it. And then, oh man, I messed up my line. Okay, we got it again. I messed up my line. Take and then two, three hours later of messing up lines, your confidence goes down gradually, very quickly. And so over the years, though, it, it definitely took some time to just, like, figure out the whole talking on camera thing. Mainly preparation. Like, when, you, when you're like, oh, yeah, I talk on the phone for hours every day and talk about what type of breaks to run. You know, there's no person on the other on the other end when you're looking into a lens. Yeah. It's it's a it's like a soulless eyeball, right? So yeah. it's it was difficult for me to understand that I'm not inter, I'm not communicating with a person directly. And so even though there's people watching, that's one struggle that I had. Um, uh, but over the years, it's definitely got better. I actually need to I need to make a video of um, Mike reacts to his old Lost Co videos. Because I looked That'd like be, I was like a deer in the headlights. That'd be great. Because yeah, you look at your older stuff. I mean, you've grown so much uh, on camera, and, and and I know as I I've done it over the years. It's 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 funny. You start looking at yourself as someone else. Do you ever watch those? Were you the editor of those videos at that time? Uh, yeah, I added the first, you know, handful or so, uh, maybe the first year's worth of videos. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely, it was weird. I, it was like I was watching somebody else and I was kind of like directing somebody else, but it was myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I've always done that. Like over the years, 20 some years in front of the camera, I got to the point where I wasn't watching me cause I actually edited myself at a TV station. I didn't hand it off to an editor cause what I did was comedy and is all about timing. And after a while I would get to giggling and I was like, I forgot that I was watching me and I'm like, okay, that's a little ridiculous. I'm laughing at myself. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I hope that other people laugh at this too. Oh, here we go with the hair. Do, do you miss it? Uh, Let's, it's it's Let's, really funny this morning. I called, I, I, I called my, uh, the person that I go to get my uh, haircut at. I had a, I had an appointment for nine hand tomorrow to get my hair cut, and I called and said, and I called and canceled it because I, I'm gonna grow, I, I wanted to grow it out a little bit. So we'll see where it goes. You, I'm just jealous you have it. <laughs> I have honestly too much hair. <laughs> You've got a good lid, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so, did you have, did you have a plan with these YouTube videos? Were they just gonna be how tos, or hey, this is what I've got, or? to help push your brand or did you have like a direction? Yeah. So I honestly, we didn't have as much of a direction as I probably should have, but maybe that was a good thing. It was kind of like the less, you know, the better. Yeah. Uh, the main thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to entertain people and, and entertaining is like an umbrella term for many things. Like informational things are entertaining, you know, making people laugh is entertaining. Telling a good story is entertaining. So I kind of just was like, I just want these to be entertaining. And so we would we would watch videos from other, you know, other people in the mountain bike industry, which was literally 10% the size of it is now. Yeah. And this was in 2017. It's crazy how much content has came out the past that many years and creators. And I just thought there was something missing. I thought it was just a little boring. I thought it was too much, too much talking head. And then of course, obviously, I went in and just made talking head videos for a while. But, but I, you know, I had the idea of like, I just want them to be more creative and more creative and more entertaining. And I, I just, you know, now, now we've, now I think that we've, we've got to the point where we've really found our niche of the entertaining value being like the actual real information rather than being like, 
oh yeah, here's a fork. It's got like adjustments on it and stuff. But instead being like, oh yeah, here's a fork. We're literally going to tell you like tons of information about this versus that. So you can really make up your mind. So to really add value to this presentation that we're giving you basically. Yeah, that is that is interesting that you say that like 2017, that the content compared to now, back then, I mean, you're almost, you're almost a founder of mountain bike YouTubing. I mean, I'm a product of the pandemic because I, I was watching you all and I'm like, well, I want to meet these people. But were there people that you it, it were inspired by or or it took little pieces of that you may want to thank or shout out or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see in regards to the actual bike stuff directly, there's definitely a, a few retailers that have been doing, you know, mountain bike videos for quite some time. There was uh, there were, there were a couple that started right around the same time as us. Cause there was a little bit of like a retailer boom oh. making videos, but then there was another one um, fanatic bike shop who's actually just down the street from us is a, is a, is a really large shop shop. And uh, (laughs) they've been doing, they've been doing informational, you know, talking head style, uh, you know, product videos and, and reviews and comparisons for a very long time. So I've seen their videos for a long time. And that was like really the main retailer that I've seen. And that's, that's where I definitely got some, uh, a good amount of inspiration from. But other than that, though, I'm, I'm equally just as into cars as I am like bicycles. And so a lot of it's come from the automotive industry. So there's, there's just so many, uh, the automotive industry is so much bigger than the bike industry. And, uh, there's, there's tons of YouTube channels that make all sorts of stuff. That's, you know, really, really, really good. Like donut media. I don't know if you've ever seen them, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, they're, they're huge. Um, and they're just, their stuff is so funny. Uh, really good, really well put together. Uh, if, if uh, one thing I got from their videos is like, almost every time I've started one of their videos, I, I literally make it to the end. And that is something that is very uncommon, you know, and that's something that the YouTube YouTube algorithm really likes. And yeah. so Donut Media was a huge one. I, I, I learned a lot from them, just literally just taking mental notes from years of watching car content from, from Donut. What is it again, Donut? Donut Media. Donut Media. Okay. I'll check them out. Um, were you... So you throw this stuff out onto the YouTubes and we all know, I know YouTube is a very difficult monster to get all that. Um, what was your reaction to your response, the response and, and you're up to a hundred and some odd thousand subscribers. I mean, were you like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Like you, here's a guy who was a successful bike shop. Now you have a successful YouTube page. Did you feel the need to keep going? Yeah, and, and honestly, at that point, I was—I I wouldn't consider us a successful bike shop. You know, we were like basically in the paycheck to paycheck kind of kind of thing at that point. You know, um, yeah. and but you know, a lot of times it, it takes a couple of years of of struggling to to make it, and. Yeah. I was basically like, well, I like riding bikes and I like being in the bike industry and that's what I love. And I, that's what I am comfortable with and, and know. And so I was just like, oh, we'll just make it work somehow. You know, we'll just keep studying and taking mental notes on stuff and, and figure it out. And um, yeah, YouTube is definitely insane. It's, it's crazy. When you search, if you search like Rock Shock's lyric review, there was, you know, there's like 50 pages of videos and like people rarely look, look past the first five or six. 
Yeah. And we were just like, how do we get in the first five or six? And so we just kind of like tried to figure it out over the years and, and it, and it kind of, kind of worked. And it, it, it goes to show how much just like literally just like watching and learning, uh, it can, can, uh, can, can get you. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of struggles. There's a million times where I've been like editing a video, writing a script for a video. And I'm just like, um, yeah, I just don't want to do this. Like <laughs> this yeah, is, just... this is, you know, the fear of failure is, is huge, especially when, you know, I don't want to be on the 50th page when people search that I want, you know, this is really hard. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of work goes into this and, you know, it's just, uh, um, you just, you just want to try to do a good job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think you, this algorithm and all this other stuff, or do you think it's, I, I honestly think it's you. Uh, a lot of it is your product. The, 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 the content you put out is quality and, and the personality that you have. And I'm not, you know, just blowing sunshine up because I'm sitting here with you, but like you put out a really good product and have you, yeah. So I'm blowing sunshine up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it. It's not, it's like, yeah, I get that all the time. Like uh, I, I've heard the word charisma and things like that, which I really appreciate. I, I like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I try to be as humble as possible, but also at the same time, I love hearing that. Like, I like when yeah. people say that. Cause like, I'm, I just kind of like try my best to walk around with a shit eating grin as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm at, a lot of times I'm editing the videos or at least when, when someone else is edit, editing the video here, I'm watching myself, you know, I watch the videos too. It's not like I just, I'm on the camera and then don't watch the video. Like yeah. I'm watching myself and I take mental notes as I go too. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, you kind of, you, you kind of started off on a high and you kind of drifted, you know, a, a little yeah. into a, a mundane or monotone tone, like maybe take a mental note to keep that up. And so over the years, I've just kind of learned that, you know, not only is there a product like a fork or a shock that we're talking about, but you know, I'm, I'm also part of the product as well. You know, there's a million places you can buy your things and why is, why is someone going to buy from us? Because they want to, they want to deal with us as the human beings between them and the bike part. So um, I've, I, I definitely have, uh, have taken note and studied over the whole charisma and personality thing over the years. And, yeah. and I, like I said, from before I, I've watched my old videos sometimes and I laugh cause it's, it's just, that's what I'm really stoked on at, at a personal level is just how far I've come in the presenting realm over the years. Yeah. I was going to say you're, 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 everyone's their own worst critic, especially when you're putting yourself out there on the YouTube's uh, universe. Uh, have you ever been to a point where, or gotten to a point or had you made a video? Sorry, there was something flying there. <laughs> and you just, you scrapped it. You're like, this isn't, or you oh, just persisted and kept going and going and going until you felt, felt it right. So in the first early days, I, I joked that um, a five minute video would take five entire days of being awake to make. So, um, you know, it's funny because when I, I first started doing YouTube stuff, I, I kind of looked at it in a really dumb way. Like, again, I didn't know, really know what I was talking about. So I'd be like, oh yeah, five minute video. Cool. Put the camera up. Like I can talk for five minutes. And then you're like, you're looking into this lens and you're like, man, I've been literally rambling. I, I'm a big rambler, you know, I definitely uh, can, can talk and talk and talk. Got Thank that from God my mind. Sorry. I said, thank God for me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm the, I'm the interviewer's dream. Cause you just ask one question. I could talk about it for an hour and a half. Yeah, he's going. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it would, it would be, it would be a struggle. You know, you, you'd be, 
you'd get off track. You'd get a little nervous. You get a little anxious, you know, even leading up to, to setting up the equipment, you'd be putting the battery in the camera and be like, Oh shit, I got to yeah. go talk on camera. Go, so go. it would, yeah, it would turn into like uh, an entire week, honestly. So um, over the years though, we've done more planning, more planning, more organization and more setting up. And then a, a big thing that we started doing is when you really started to notice our videos getting better, we went to scripts. So I'd write the whole script out. That way I could stay on topic and include all the information that needs to be in there without tons of fluff oh. and less us and, uh. and just a, just a better outline of uh, an overview and informational piece. And so then, uh, then we did that and I would, I would read two or three lines off my phone, try to remember them and speak them to the camera. But still, then the uh, we would have this uh, talking head clip that would literally be, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes long. You know, uh -huh. and then I'd have to whittle it down to be nine minutes, nine or 10 minutes. So then we got a little teleprompter. Um, I realized that a lot of YouTubers use th those when they're doing informational videos. So we got a little teleprompter. And that was, that's like my that is the best thing ever is saving grace. You just look at that screen and read. Oh, it's amazing. Now, do you have a whole, now you're, I guess you're in a warehouse type situation. Do you have a whole production side? Because I mean, you're, sorry, it's just a lot. You run yeah. a bike shop, you have an online thing and you keep up a whole production side of it is there a side of that shop that is just cameras lights background yeah pretty much so over the years it's been kind of difficult to to get a spot like that so in our first shop we had this little like it was like a one and a half car garage that was kind of dumpy totally dumpy uh, <laughs> it was like leaking and everything that was any of our videos that have like that cedar background yeah. with our logo on the back the big light up sign that was in this like little dumpy one and a half car garage and we just tried to make it uh we you know put lipstick on that pig for the camera yeah. and that was like our that was our studio for a while but it was like it wasn't very nice there was like a, a, literally like a beam right in the middle of it so we couldn't like put the camera anywhere it was really annoying so, so then we moved into this shop and then we like shoved it in a corner and we were like, ah, oh, we're going to have to move that at some point because we need more shelves for inventory. So it was temporary for like a year and a half. And our, our background was really lame. It was like just like a tan wall. And so then we moved into a shop across the street that was not even connected to the bike shop. That we had like a vinyl backdrop that was like ferns and, and had like lights and stuff to make it colored. So that was pretty cool. But then now we just, our neighbors moved out at our shop shop. So we just you know put a hole in the wall put a door in and now we have a full-on video studio and we're building that out right now so. nice that's amazing how you got went from a little truck where you're, you're fixing people's bikes to to where you are now you got you got to be patting yourself wow you are you're patting yourself oh, on that, that was an itch yeah. i had no idea you were going to say that but I'll, i will pat a little bit um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that the, the trip that you've gone on and to get where you are, congratulations, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have something like this now with a Peloton sitting behind you. That's I've got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> but so do, do you – there it goes. Train derailed. <laughs> um, keeping up with that and riding, and, and, and we'll get to your, your latest video. In 2020, you've kind of – stepped back from that and, and talk to me about uh, stepping back away from that for a minute and, and your decision to doing that. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's just over the years of just, you know, doing the video stuff. It's, it's tricky because I'm not a hundred percent a content creator, you know, in my day-to-day life here at the shop, I have a ton of stuff to do. So basically I have, you know, it's it, the, the time that I have allowed allotted for video and content creation is very small compared to all the other things that it takes to like, you know, run a business and things like that. And so over the years, it was just, I was literally working from, you know, uh, the, the moment I woke up in the morning at, you know, 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. Like, you know, I, I didn't have a couch or a TV or anywhere to sit and relax uh, for, for years because I just, I lived in my van outside of the bike shop. So oh. I would just be there until nighttime. Sometimes I'd be up until midnight just working. And I did that for, for years to try to get the, the, the YouTube videos going while also trying to like, functionally have a structured business running and so what basically happened is there was a little bit of burnout there after all those years yeah. and um you know uh it's it's funny at first you're kind of like embarrassed to admit that you're burnt out and that you're like you can't do it all the time like the you know real real man real american dream. <laughs> so it's like uh so that's why i put that video out recently i was like you know what? i'm just gonna tell everybody just like kind of what's been going on and stuff so yeah, I experienced some burnout, and, and and I don't know if you ever uh, felt that as like a person in front of the camera, um, or as a creator. But uh, yeah, it definitely is nice to take a, a step back and just kind of reset yourself. So yeah, it it, it I, I feel you in that is is because what I did on TV was was comedy, and there's sometimes you're not feeling funny. Yeah, yeah, and and you with a business, you've got to run a business, and then live your life and then be on camera it's like one of those is gonna take the back seat and i guess it sounded like your life kind of took the back seat yeah a little bit yeah you know you yeah but you know it's all worth it because we've we've grown a lot and uh i mean if you look at many one thing that i kind of always wanted to do here's here's a big part of my driving force as a business owner and i don't know if anyone is listening is is like uh on their way to doing entrepreneurial stuff, even though I don't really like the word entrepreneur. Um, so if you ever watch like Ted talks or interviews with people that are successful in any way, like I'm not trying to be a billionaire, right? I'm just like yeah. trying to make like a good, you know, buy a house and, and have a couple of fun cars and stuff. Cause that's what I like doing in bikes. <laughs> but um, every time you watch someone that has like a successful business, there's always a crazy story. Like there's always some weird thing. Like I was living in my, Chevy Aveo for three years. I was, you know, living yeah. in my parents, sleeping on my parents' floor in their one-bedroom studio apartment in like some weird, you know, yeah, in like living in a van down by the river. Yeah, and there's just all these weird things, and like I had to sell my, I had to, you know, I had to, you know, uh, sell plasma for two years to fund my inventory and things like that. So yeah. I always, I really like uh, <laughs> stories of how people got going and whatever success that they have earned whenever they've reached the point where they personally just define success. And I've always thought that, that I've always thought that one thing that I really want out of my journey is I want a good story. And the, that's what really drove me through that whole time is I was like, man, I would just like right now, I want to be on podcasts and I want to be on interviews. I want to be a person that people desire to like interview in the first really? place. Just to, I hear about this struggle that we kind of did over the, that I kind of did over the years and all the work that went into it. So that was a driving force. I just like, 
hey, man, this kind of sucks right now, but hey, I'm going to have a great story on the other end of it. So. You got a great story. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you lived in a – are you in a house now? I've lived in a house the past uh, couple years, yeah. God so. bless you. And you said you have a few cats. I got a couple cats, yeah. I just got – I was a – um. I'm a dog person. For I'm a former dog person that has uh, been born again as a cat person. I was never a cat person until college. Found drunkenly found a kitten under my car, <laughs> brought it in, had her for 15 years. Married my wife. She had two cats. We had three cats in the house for a while. I have two dogs now, but I love cats. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, cats are rad. They just like beat each other up all day and you just like sit there and just hang out with them. So funny. They just, they knock stuff over. Bye guys. Bye. Sorry. We're closing Thanks up. For we're, Mike we're closing up right now, so. What are you just closing up? Yeah. We close at six. So the mechanics are just, uh, are, are taking off right now. So. God bless them. That's great. Six o'clock. Meanwhile, people are getting off of work and getting home at seven going, uh, Oh, I can't get my bike in the shop. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is great. You fix bikes. You're not just online. You think Lost Co. You order from you. You fix. You still fix it. Do you have a heavy stream of that? Um, of like bikes to work on. Yeah. Yeah, we totally do. Is, yeah, in, in the summer we'll be part? like. Sorry. I mean, I know you said ninety percent of your business is online, mm -hmm. but you still have a good influx of. Uh, could you change my? tire or that kind of stuff yeah 100 yeah we do tons of service here yeah i mean um the 90 percent online is just because online is just you know you have access to literally millions of mountain bikers so it's just such a weird scale of who you have access to instead of you know the you know a couple thousand that we have here in, in town so but yeah in the summer we'll be like two weeks out at points just from service and we ha we'll have about three full-time mechanics generally speaking year-round so Nice. I, I find that fascinating that you still fix bikes. There's a guy in where I live here in Miami, this little village called Coconut Grove. Um, that's he has a few bikes over here and and some like chain lube over here. But I'd say 99% of his business is fixing bikes. Like if you your bike is messed up, you don't know what you're doing, like me, you, you take it to Danny. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's great that there's people like you around. And I think people should support that that whole bike shop fix it mentality. Like, take it and support. Yeah, know? absolutely. Sometimes you have no choice because a lot of the stuff that we do here is pretty like specialty stuff. Like, you know, we have a, you know, a nitrogen tank and a specific, you know, pressure, uh, uh, um, sorry, pressure regulator for it. And like, if, I don't know how to use it, but the suspension mechanics really yeah. know how to use that stuff. We have a, you know, like a $3,000 machine that like, that will bleed your shock for you and things like that. And all sorts of stuff like that, that is just very specific. You have no choice other than, you know, have a shop like us do it. But we, 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 we pretty much primarily cater just towards the, you know, the, the full suspension or, uh, you know, the performance mountain bike here. So. Yeah. I just find it funny. Like just last weekend I was changing out for the first time. I have a new bike not a new bike, uh, a COVID bike that I bought. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I've ever had hydraulic brakes. Yeah. I changed out. I wanted to change out my pads. And after an hour, and I live here in Miami, of just dripping sweat <laughs> and YouTube videos. 
I came into my wife and I said, well, I learned one thing. Take it to the bike shop next time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that is the best choice. Because I didn't realize you got to undo the, you got to open up the tie, the, the, the lever and let it bleed and push in the, uh, the calipers and mm. yep. bike shop. It's great that you still do that and haven't gotten rid of that. What is, what is Lost Co? What do you guys, what is your main, do you have a main product or do you just sell it all? And how do you go about getting something like that? Like, do you pick and choose or do you feel what's going out in your area that's, that's people need? Like, I don't even know owning a bike shop. Like, how do you go about getting your stuff or knowing what you need and want? Yeah, totally. Um, that's an, it's interesting to me. So the way that we do things is if you go to our website compared to a, a very large, you know, retailer, someone like Jensen or something, um, and this is in no way or shape and form a knock to any other retailer. Um, yeah. We just have a much smaller catalog than a lot of other, you know, large online retailers basically is, you know, when we, you go to our website and you look up, you know, brakes, we'll have maybe seven to 10 types of brakes that we sell. Whereas you go to some others and there's like, you know, 12 pages of breaks. Um, so yeah. what we do is we pretty much, we see what people like. We, we see what works well and we see what we like is really the, the main thing. Uh, if, if what people like doesn't really work that well, we probably won't carry it. And then we'll recommend something else that we uh, think is going to give them a better experience basically and, and, and work better for specifically the type of riding that they're doing. So it's just a little bit more catered toward a very specific type of type of riding. And that's going to be those that are a little bit more on the aggressive side of riding, you know, aggressive trail through downhill is what yeah. we do. And, and so we, instead of just carrying tons and tons and tons of stuff, we, we cater it specifically towards more what we think that the person's going to have a good time on the trail and uh, servicing off the bike with. So, um, and then in regards to how you get it. So you basically have distributor accounts, wholesale accounts. There's, there's, there's about three large players in the United States that are distributors. Oh, really? And that's QBP, HLC, and BTI. They are, you know, a couple powerhouses with a few locations of warehouses, like gigantic warehouses, which carry all the parts that basically every bike shop in the country will um, will be ordering from. And so we can get it from them. <clears throat> and then also, like, we have direct accounts with some of the manufacturers. So, for example, we have a direct account with Fox Suspension, direct account mm -hmm. with SRAM slash rock shocks, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you know, you get it from different places that have better availability or better, better, uh, you know, wholesale costs to keep the price down, things like that. It seems like it's just so much work <laughs> and, 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 but back to your latest video and we're, we're still talking about the shop. You do a lot of work, but it seems like with the bike shop, you enjoy coming out of the office and out from behind the counter and being a part of your business in the sales realm and, and helping people and talking to people. What, what is that like for you? And especially since you, I'm, you're, I'm sure you're known in the, the area now since the, the YouTube, like, do they, yeah. do they walk in and go, that's a guy. <laughs> And you're yeah, like, I mean, no, I'm just a guy, a bike owner, a bike shop owner, and, and what can I help you with? That's 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 pretty much the exact response, actually. You nailed that right on the head. Yeah, we have people a lot that were um 
will come to the shop and just be local and just want to say what's up and see the shop because they follow yeah. our channel. Um, or we also get a lot of people that are driving through to go up to Whistler and stop in Bellingham mm -hmm. on the way because it's on the way and also really, really good riding. So we'll have a lot of people that are, you know, in the middle of summer, you know, on road trips and things like that. And they'll just, they'll just be like, Hey, yeah, we just wanted to stop in Bellingham. And we're, and I'm like, Oh, to ride Galvin. They're like, no, just to like see the shop and see if you were here. So that's really <laughs> cool. Um, and, and, it, and it happens often enough where, uh, where it, it, it's, it's somewhat frequent. So it's pretty, it's pretty rad. I really like that. Um, but yeah, in regards to helping customers, I really, I really, really enjoy it. I don't get to do it as much as I, as I could. If we just like, if I were to just say, Hey, for the next six months, we're not doing any YouTube videos. I would a hundred percent be answering the phone and, and helping people out front. Um, and, yeah. and, and other things just because I, I set aside a decent amount of time to try to work on that. And even if I'm not scripting the videos or being in the videos or editing or filming the videos, I'm still, um, I'm still kind of, uh, working with the others that are doing the videos here to, you know, plan it and organize yeah. it and all that stuff. Which leads me to my, will lead me to my next question, but I think it's, I think it's great. Like all the stuff that you do, which annoys me because I'm as lazy as the day is long. Um, that you do find that time to be part of your own company and get out from behind the counter and mix it up with the customers. I mean, I a lot like, of, a lot it of people sounds like I do it more often than I do, but I, yeah. I, I don't do it a ton these days, but when I do, it's, it's, it's rather enjoyable. You know, I'll pitch in when someone's uh, at home sick or on vacation, et cetera, et cetera, or if it's just really busy, I'll help out. Um, but it's, it, it's, uh, it's not, it's not super, super often. I don't, I don't want to take the, all the credit of all the other work that everyone else is doing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is a lot of people will own a company and sit at home and let their oh, minions sure. work. You know what I mean? It's admirable that you're a part of the whole thing, even Instagram videos. So a lot sure. of people would be like, you know, let someone else do my... You know, that's, I think that's great, which you not saying you didn't, but you, you hired some people because you needed a break. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I am just texting my girlfriend cause she was just calling me. So I'm going to say, uh, Oh no, no, no. You do you, do you. Okay. You, there we go. Cool. Sorry. Um, so, but okay. that was leading to my next question is that like COVID 2020, everything came down. So you were like, okay, I need a, a minute. And you hired these guys. Are, are you still playing with them? Are they still? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Tor, oh, the so. video, other video presenter that's in a lot of our videos. Yeah. Mainly all of our videos. That's um, a great job. Here. He just left a second ago. Yeah. So he's still here. Um, uh, Andrew, the filmer that was Tor's friend that kind of came together as sort of like a package deal, you could say. Andrew just moved back to California. And so we don't have like a full-time exclusive filmer right now, but we do have uh alex here who used to film all the videos with me so he'll yeah. be filming a bunch and ed editing a bunch and then i'll be filming and editing some as well so but was that a, was that a really good relief for you to be able to do that and have these people yes <laughs> you're like yes because i wanted to play with cars <laughs> it was just yes because i i just um i wanted to take a little pressure off myself because i'm kind of one thing that I want, one of my, uh, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy, right? Or your own, yeah. your own worst critic. So if there were times where we would go 
a month or two without try without getting a video a YouTube video out, you know, when I was just like wearing, you know, hats to the ceiling in regards to the tasks I was doing as a business owner, um, I would be a little hard on myself, like just ah oh, man, like, you know, there's all these other creators are getting videos out there and like I'm just struggling to barely just like figure out what the next plan is for yeah. me. So that it, not even in the sense of like the actual work to make a video, just like I'm a little hard on myself in regards to like trying to get to that point. And uh, so it was nice to just take that, you know, take that, take that feeling off my shoulders a little bit. I've, I've gotten better through that time at that, at just letting it, letting it be. So it was very nice. I learned a lot about myself and, and, and just business stuff as well during that time. So. But that's a, the thing with the YouTubes is, is keeping up the content. And was there a lull at, at some point? Was there a, a a minute where you were like, we're not putting anything out? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a probably the point mainly during the height of the pandemic where it was just like so busy with, you know, people contacting us and needing help with stuff and shipping and all this logistical stuff. We literally just didn't have time to do it. Um, yeah. uh, as, a, as me, the person being in the videos and planning and scripting and writing and um, organizing the videos, it was just, it was just like literally an impossible feat. I would be so, I'd be so, my brain would be so tired at the end of the day of like trying to just like learn things to keep up and keep the business functioning through this time. Because I want to, at the end of the day, I said in that, in that last vlog I did at the end of the day, like I love all this stuff, but the main thing I, I, I really love doing is customer service. I want to, I want to have a great customer experience, you know? The reason that we make these videos is so that people find us as a as a shop and interact with us through their you know upgrades and things like that and 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 get help from us and so it, we're getting that at the time so it's like yeah. you know we don't have enough time but we do have people coming from our our videos we've already made so let's help what we've got and we'll figure it out from there so we we would go uh, sometimes two months without putting out a video and uh and and it was okay, you know, and then I, we'd fit one in and finally get it on. But it was just, it was a bit of a struggle for sure. Yeah, but did you ever feel like a point where you were just like, okay, we, we've gotten to a point where we're known. People know the Lost Co. We're doing okay. Do we really need to do these videos? Do we <laughs> oh, need to keep up the Instagram? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was it was never like we 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 knew that social media we would keep doing that cuz it's not yeah. a huge task like doing posts and just keeping people up to date with what's going on at the shop and stuff like that, but the videos is just such another level and um I'm unfortunately kind of a kind of a, a tweaker in regards to like putting out videos exactly how I like how I see them in my head and so I didn't want to just like put out trash just to get it out there. So instead I would I guess I just chose to just make nothing instead so um so i i am I'm, I'm generally more quality over quantity uh but uh, but you know the, the quantity has to come at some point so um so I, I learned that over time as well but yeah there was times where we we're like man you know everything's kind of going good we, we yeah. figured out other forms of marketing too and i'm like man it's, it's really hard to make these youtube videos maybe we should just like not really care and just get them up when we can and we kind of went that way and honestly um yeah, it'd be nice if we made a video every day, right? It's, that would yeah. be cool. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just kind of okay with it. You know, uh, it, it, we're going to do what we're going to do, and there's no reason to put extra stress on my shoulders, right? Like, like yeah. I kind of tend to do it there, There's yeah. that need, or uh, I don't even know if it's a need for you, but, you know, you have these subscribers. They're, they're, yeah. they're looking. They're waiting. My sister never realized that YouTube's required so much production. Just watch. Seems like some dude with a GoPro on a tripod. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're right. It is a dude with a GoPro on a tripod, but there's a lot of thought and process in between and before and after. You got to watch this guy. <laughs> stuff is goofy. And that's what I find is awesome about your stuff is that there is a lightheartedness to a lot of your 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 stuff. It's fun. It's not just like one of these where, okay, here's how you lube something. Uh-huh. Here's how you here's how you you bleed of this that and the other thing. It's there's some comedy to that. Are you writing all that yourself or? Yeah, a majority of it. Yeah, I think I pre- any video that I'm in, I'm I'm doing everything. Um, I'm doing all the writing, and so. Okay, so you're a big um, youthful, and you just won't admit it. Oh yeah, I, I, I think I'm a probably a self. Uh, a self-proclaimed character for sure. Like, I mean, if I carried around a mirror all day and like watched myself speak and interact with people, I would probably think I was a freaking nutcase. Um, but you know, you're, you're only interacting with me for a couple minutes on a YouTube video. Right. So, so if I can pack in that like weird, whatever I can think of and just kind of be a, a weirdo um, it's fun. So there's this kind of general rule of thumb. Uh, it goes back to, this is like a general rule of thumb of, of writing blog posts from, you know, information that people, came up with back in 2006 and stuff when writing recipes and you what you would do is if you're creating content that's already has content out there like if you're writing how to make pumpkin pie okay cool it's 2021 there's literally 74,000 articles on how to make pumpkin pie you look at the top ones and you ask yourself how can i make this better and uh, how can I make it better for SEO searchability? How can I make it better for uh, retention for having someone read it? How can I make it better for entertaining and uh, entertainment value so people come yeah. back because they had a fun time interacting with it? And so that's what we do with videos. We we go, hey, we're gonna make this uh, uh, rock shocks um, rear shock, whatever uh, review. Yeah. We go on, we search what people we we search that we look up keywords to see what people are gonna be searching um using some tools with google and things like that and then we look at like the top 10 videos that people are going to see you know front page search results we watch them and we just think how can we do it better so you'll watch one that's like this is the rock shocks shock it is (laughs) a great value and it's got ten thousand. like okay cool yeah make it you know better than that one make it faster paced but they had good information they had good points but they missed a couple things we'll write down those notes then we'll find another one that's like someone just all over the place um, and rambling. It's like me with no script. And yeah. you're like, okay, cool. They had good energy, but you, we, we got bored because within a minute, because he was just, it wasn't even talking about the shock. Like he, he saw a squirrel. Oh yeah. Et cetera. That's so, me. That's me. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel you, man. It's, no. it's me too. That's why scripts are my thing now. I, I got to be honest with you. You're right about that. I cannot stand i will click off if you started your little rock shock or your 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 fox fork or your whatever those ones where it's like five minutes where the guy's just talking about what he's about to do mm-hmm. get to it yeah totally oh, no um, one's no one's finishing that video 100 percent. yeah my favorite sometimes it's like if i'm working on a car and it's like how to bleed some specific transmission line or something there'll be like a whole bunch of them they're like somehow 40 minutes long it's like a one minute procedure and then you'll find one record with a guy vertically like in before it was cool 
hey guys, I'm bleeding this line. Okay, first put the wrench here and open it up. And and all the comments were like, dude, thank you for making this yeah, quick. That's like, all I right, want. Right to the point. Like no Get one wants to like, watch a 10 minute video oh. while they're under their car covered in grease. Like, you know. So I learned I learned from the automotive side of thing. Like try to cut to the chase at some point. So yeah. So are you now that you you've taken a step back, which it looks like you're stay, taking a step back forward lately. I've seen in the, the Instagrams and the videos and whatnot. Are you, you enjoying life a little bit more now? Are you are you grateful for the the the, the process where you, and where you're at now? Sure. I mean, I've I've always enjoyed it. I've always been very grateful for everything. Um, I just needed a little bit of a break for a, a moment. It wasn't like I uh, like I hated the world or anything like that. I just I just needed like a, a time to like kind of just do a little bit of self care, right? I mean, you you kind of neglect that for years, and you at, at one point, you know, there's that whole like grind mentality that's all over Instagram. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like you know, grinding never ends. Work 20, 25 hours a day and stuff like that to to be yeah. to build your future and like. I was not really, I, w I wasn't like following those pages to keep me going. But for a while, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to work all day again. It's like totally normal to me. And I didn't realize what I was missing out on until kind of at some point I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling some stress on my shoulders and uh, that I've kind of self-imposed and, you know, kind of feel a little bit more anxious about things. And, you know, my outlook is not as optimistic on some things most days and things like that. So yeah. I just wanted a, a, a time to, to try to just uh, yeah reset and refresh my my vision on everything. So yeah, I mean you 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 started something and that that train just started going and it takes off slow and then it starts going and going and going and you're like, wait a minute, I'd like to get off and 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 look around a little bit. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. Like just just realizing what's going on and living in the moment for 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 a while was was great and I, I've learned a lot just as a as a person, you know, all those, all that time that I spent just working, 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 I learned a lot as a business owner and, and things like that. But then, you know, a year and or so of, of maybe only working 25 to 30 hours a week was, was great. I had more time to learn more about myself and more about how to, how to take care of myself as a person. And, you know, I'm in my thirties now and, you know, you, it's crazy when, if I was talking to my 19 year old self where I said, you know, I took some time off to do some self care, you know, I don't even know what I want to say to myself. I've been like, what do you need self-care for? Yeah, like, you're, you're a pussy, dude. You just said so, yeah. <laughs> but so are you are you get you getting back into riding? You riding, yeah, no, I've been riding a lot. I've been riding a lot the past uh Good about the past you. few months or so. Um it, it's it was a beautiful summer. We had a really good summer here. Really dry and dusty, which was uh I don't know if you've been out. Have you ridden in the northwest before? Have you ever yeah. ridden in the rain? I've ridden in the rain here in Miami, okay. cool. which, but yeah. So, um, yeah, out here. I actually enjoy we, it. Yeah, totally. Um, cause you get to cool down, but so out here we, our trails get so good when the dirt is tacky, you know, we get that quote unquote hero dirt. Um, honestly, most people will come in the shop and be like, Oh man, it's so nice outside. You guys been riding a lot lately. And we're like, honestly, not really. Most of us ride in the winter cause the dirt is so good um it's uh it's kind of backwards so in the summer we'll just like hang out by the water it's like hot and we're like little babies about about you know being 75 degrees we'll oh. do other stuff mm. and then in the winter though uh you know when it's like 44 and and raining the, the trails are perfect the dirt is great you get tons of traction and you can wow. follow your friend without being dusted out and it's just so good you kind of just grow accustomed to it but i i kind of like the dirt uh or the, the, the dust because you it's really fast rolling and you're kind of out of control the whole time when you're going really fast. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, then it started raining recently here and 
Um, and, and so it, it, we got a little bit of a cold snap. So I, have, I haven't ridden like the past week because it's been like 26 degrees in the morning. But Yeah, we got a cold snap here. It was like 85, 80, somewhere oh. between 85 and 87 today. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You had to turn your AC to like the three-quarter mark instead of the four-quarter <laughs> mark. We have hero sand here. Oh, that's good. Um, no, I do like riding the rain because of that, because we have a lot of the, the Virginia key is a, you Google it. It's, it's, a, it's a interesting trail, a lot of wood features, very technical, but when, after it rains, that sand is packed and it's so much nicer. Mm-hmm. It's so much nicer to ride. I do like, I've never been to the Northwest. I've, I've ridden in Jackson, Hole, Wyoming is as far. And I lived in LA at one point for a little bit. It, it's so, and I, I've interviewed so many of these people that live on your side of the world. And I really want to get there some more. It's just a different style of riding it, here is it's pedaling in the, it's, it's a spinning class in the Amazon. Uh-huh. It's if you stop pedaling, you stop moving. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able just to climb for a little bit and then not pedal and yeah. go down. We could, we, well, we've got lots of that here. If you ever want to come out, definitely come out. That would be really fun. Maybe we can make a video together. Oh my um, gosh! You yeah, don't want to watch a old dude panting behind you the whole time, going, "What is that?" What I think that? I think that would be great for views. Yeah, <laughs> you killing it, and me questioning everything. Yes. <laughs> so what, what what's new with you? Uh, you're you're more into car. You're you're really back into your car th- scene now. Uh yeah, just kind of revisit that. I just took years off of it to get the business going and. Um, yeah, I've gotten back into that quite a bit the past couple of years. And so it, uh, cars is a really, unfortunately expensive hobby, like not, yeah. not in a gloating way being like, I spent a lot of money on cars. Just bikes is uh, an expensive hobby. Yeah, It's just so stupid. It's just like, you know, cars, it's like a car that doesn't completely suck these days is, you know, uh, for the platforms that I like is it, it you know, $40,000. You got to pay to insure it every month. And then like all the parts, like just, you know, just one, one part literally can cost $10,000 and you're just like, what? Yeah. It sucks. So just buy the Porsche. Don't, don't, but you're a gearhead. Yeah. I like to, I like, I grew up in like a horsepower background, so I don't really like, I, I like it. I like doing curves and, 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 and turning and stuff, but I grew up in like a drag racing. Well, let me guess. You had a Honda Civic at one point and never had a Honda Civic. It out. No, no. Um, no, that was that, Honda Civics are really cool now because there's like uh, there's a there's a specific engine that people have found out from Honda that like holds high horsepower really well. It's called the K series, and now Hondas are like really fast. But they used to be like always kind of like the laughing stock of this the car scene. Um, but no, I've always had like old Mustangs and um, and some there's a there's a specific car I was into called DSMs, which was like the Eagle Town, the Mitsubishi Eclipse, and the Plymouth Laser. And it was it was an all-wheel drive turbocharged four-cylinder, super oh. high tech for the time. They came out in 1990. And my my friend Dave, my best still my best friend to this day, um, he had one of those cars and I learned how to drive stick in it. And so it was just like a really weird car at the time. And I got really into those. I've had like three of those things and all sorts of stuff. But yeah. I didn't know this amount by QA, but I'm fascinated because I I, I was watching some of these videos. Uh, a while back. I don't even know what I was watching. They're like secret. What do they call them? 
it's a car. You look at it and go, yeah, I'm in a Lamborghini. You're not going to take me. A and sleeper. Then, what's that? Sleeper. A sleeper. Is that what it's called? A sleeper? Mm-hmm. Those are awesome videos where you yeah. see a Lamborghini and then all of a sudden some guy in a Mitsubishi or even a, like a Volkswagen bug or a golf. Yep. Just takes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that stuff. I like street cars that are not exotics that go really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you like speed and adventure. I, I like, uh, yeah, for some reason I just like chasing high horsepower numbers. That's just kind of always what I've been after. Even Is though I have really oh, because okay. it's expensive, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any other adventure sports? Um, I, I've been getting into dirt bikes the past couple of years. I haven't really ridden it in the past eight months for just mm-hmm. accidentally, but but dirt bikes are pretty fun. Um, other than that, no, I just kind of like doing cars and bikes. It's kind of my two things. You like two wheels and well, you like wheels. I like wheels. I like things that can like take you places. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll wind you down now. I know you probably want to get home and get some dinner in you. Cause you're a growing boy. Well, you look like you're a growing boy. But I gotta pet my cats. Honestly, is what I gotta go home and do. Yeah, I I can't thank you enough. Like seriously, for coming on, and and doing this with such a a little itty bitty uh, YouTube page. Hopefully growing, but oh, I wish yeah. you, you got it. You got it. You're doing great. You're killing no, it. No, stop it. Don't. I wasn't fishing. Um. <laughs> What last all, what what can people look forward to with the Loshco in, in moving forward? Um, now that it's winter, I mean. that's a good question. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Um, so right now I've got a couple videos I'm working on, and uh, Tor's got a video he's working on. And honestly, the big thing that we're doing right now is just kind of getting back to the basics, do what worked and what we had the most fun with. And now that the pandemic boom has kind of slowed down, now we're going back to the whole. Um, content creation, which is um, all of the YouTube videos that you probably used to be to seeing. We've got some different formats, like some blogs where I go around the shop and just show more of what's going on. Um, those are those are pretty fun to make. I think people like yeah. those. And then also, if you like the short ter- short term content that's been popular the past couple of years, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And then also we put some of the short things up on YouTube Shorts as well. Yeah. But uh, TikTok, as silly as it is. It's it's pretty fun to just have a funny idea and then film it a couple minutes and post it up. Uh, it, it's it's pretty fun. It's generally just me falling down and like throwing stuff and getting hit with stuff and yelling. And I've got all those. I'll put your YouTube and stuff over on your where your side. God, I can't. I never twenty some of these. I've never been able to do that right. Uh-huh. Um, and last question. Big sellers, what can people look forward to? What are you guys pushing right now on on the on lines? I know it's winter for some people. Are you, you going for thicker gloves, I notice? and Yeah, some cold weather stuff. But honestly, a big part of it right now is like, you know, uh, post-pandemic boom. I'm, I'm thinking that about the next six months, it's a pretty badass time to get some deals. So there's a lot of overstock things from manufacturers that we're able to get some discounts on and, and pass on to you. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, um, price breaks that the district that the manufacturers are allowing. So there's MSRP, which you got to kind of stick by. But yeah. right now, there's a lot of sales going on that we're allowed to advertise for kind of like the first time ever, especially from like SRAM and Rock Shocks. Um, nice. And then uh, other brands will follow. And I, I think the next six months is going to be a great time to get those parts that you've been wanting that were hard to find and also expensive. You didn't want to pull the trigger. But I think that the next six months, the discounts and 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 sales are really going to shine. So. 
trying to do our best to embrace that and ride that wave and pass on some discounts to customers and people that want to, you know, upgrade the performance of their bike and save a little money. And the holidays are coming. So if anybody needs to uh, buy somebody for their favorite mountain biker in their life, head on over to the Losco. Mike, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate this. I, I'm really honored to meet you. Thanks. I, I really appreciate this too. I, I had a good time and uh, it was it was great to get some questions from a professional like yourself. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> I haven't laughed like that in years. All right, <laughs> folks, go get your bikes dirty. Take care. Bye.